Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Yeah, yippee skippy to that, baby. I'm Dr. Pat. Uh, This is the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Boy, I'm telling you out there, what we are planning this year is a reflection of what we're looking at within our own selves. But it is kind of cool to really reflect back. But before I go any place with that, Benny, the Benny. Yes, ma'am. Hey, so you ever notice like Wednesdays, I'm like really super more upbeat and chipper. Yes. All right. Ping pong day. That sounds about right. <laughs> sounds about right. Oh, my God. If, you'd have, if you would have asked me, I don't know, like 16 years ago, you and I met. Mm-hmm. If you'd have asked me 16 years ago that I would be coming on the air on a Wednesday, all happy and yippy skippy and all of that. And uh, the reason for it, outside of my life, would be it's ping pong day. I would have said to you, no way, way, like no way, right? Mm -hmm. Like a no way thing. Uh, And based on that, I think about that. Now, why is that? Okay, here's a couple things. Um, One, thing one is we now know the science behind it and the medical reasons for it. Uh, So that's thing one. Right out of the gate, we're talking about something now that science is proving. So let me give you an example. There's, I I get a lot of questions about this because people are like, hey, are you gonna talk about the ping pong thing again? And I said, you know, like sometimes I talk about it, sometimes I don't. Uh, But the point is this. If you're not active doing some other thing other than your work and your job, unless, of course, you're like a fitness trainer or something like that or a football player, if you're not doing something physical with your job, uh, outside of your job or your work or your family or your retirement, whatever that looks like, please find it, whatever that is. Do you know Benny, Mr. Benny? Yeah. Mr. Benny that we live in the state of Washington. Yes, ma'am. And the other day, I went, and Linda and I went up to Everett to Carl Gibson Center up there, and the bottom line with all of that was they have issued their quarterly, like six pages of activities. We actually have, we're smack dab in the middle of the North Shore Center, the Everett Center, who just put in a mega aerobic fitness thing. Like each of those machines has gotta be five grand, right? And this is dedicated to people that are a little bit older than the millennials, but Mm -hmm. not much Mm -hmm. because now we've redefined this. If you wanna go, do you know like that does not exist pretty much in any other state? And even if it does, you find it in very, very wealthy geographic areas. Right, sure. Yeah. But not here. Not here right in our hood. It's just not that. But in the end, you've got to make a decision to say, look, you got to do something different. Mm -hmm. Now, Benny's going to go out and get our guest here. She's waiting for us. I just sent him the new number. But, Benny, I'm telling you, as you're thinking about this for yourself and you're moving on, you got to stay moving. Got to stay moving. That's my message. But here's the thing I want to I say. You know, a couple of things are really interesting as we think about who we are and what we do. 
And I, I was thinking about this right before I, I uh, was preparing for today's show. We're going to be talking with Joey Good- Goodkin about You Can Do It. This is about timeless wisdom from a trailblazing businesswoman. And here's the deal. We're going to be talking with Joey about this because what is it about You Can Do It that is so powerful? Okay, I'll tell you what it is for me. If I am, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, then I am not entertaining the idea that I cannot do it. I am not letting this, this, the power of, you know, doubt is, I think doubt is way more powerful than fear. That's just my opinion. But we are not letting that get in our way. We're just out of the gate saying, hey, that is not going to be me. I'm not into it. It's not going to happen. So here we are. I want to introduce you to Joey because not only, you know, are we going to talk with her about when this whole idea of entrepreneurial business hit her, but how do you make a lifetime of this? How do you go from the ups, the downs, the potholes you step in, the potholes you dig for yourself to ultimately find a solution and a formula? That's what this book is about. You can do it. Joey, it's great to have you. Welcome. Thank you, Pat. It's a joy to be on your show. Well, you know, there's something interesting about your book for me, and and it's, it's, it's something I want to talk with you about. Um one of the things, and there are many in this book that I went through this, and there are just so much in here that relate to those of us that create this entrepreneur spirit, this business, this company. But even if you work inside an organization like I did for 25 years, you know, you still have to go for what it is that's going to captivate and inspire first you and then others. But when I think about you, you kind of popped out with this spirit, more or less. Did you get this from like a past life or something? You know, I have no way of knowing that <laughs> about, a, about a past life. But I know I've had many past lives. Okay. But I could tell you that for me, the big secret or one of the secrets, because I have lots of secrets, which I didn't, I would rather call them inspirations, ideas, Joeyisms, little bits of wisdom that are big wisdom in little bites. The big thing about entrepreneurship is filling a need. There has to be a reason for what you want to do that benefits other people. And you, you can fill a need that's not being met. That get you halfway to success. My first entrepreneurial business, I was eight years old. That seems nuts. I know that sounds crazy. But my best friend's father was a cartoonist, and he would go into the city. I was raised in New York in the suburbs. He would go into the city on Thursdays and pick up the comics. And I would read them. My friend would read them. And I had the thought not immediately. Sometimes things take a while to gel in your mind. I had the thought that when you read a comic, you really don't have to own it forever. Once you've read it, you're probably not going to look at it again. So I had this idea, why don't we rent the comic to our friends so that they can read them? You'd have to buy it in those days for 10 cents, but we rented it to them for 4 cents. And once they read it, it passed on to the next kid. So I was making money at eight years old, at least as much as a typical allowance was in those days, from filling the need of having my friends have a comic book to read without having to buy it. Well, I love this story because I'm a kid born in the Bronx. And I will tell Me you that. Too. I, where are you, where are you, where are you born? Let, let's talk. Avenue. Oh, my Avenue. God. Right. So and, we were like sisters then right there. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Well, we, you moved, know. we moved to Westchester when I went to school, so I didn't stay there long. Okay. But that's my, that's my origins, and there's something in the air in the Bronx, Pat, that makes us like we are. 
You know, I want to talk about this for a minute because I've tried to explain this. Now, for folks tuning in, you know, this is about, first of all, an energy. This is about, you know, Joey writing a book that is so needed today. But underneath it all, it's so important to remember the energy of our success. And here's the thing I love about what you shared about this. When I talk about the Bronx, people tease me a little bit. Patty from the Bronx, did you live next to? (laughs) Yeah. And I have to tell you this. We did live in an age where new music was being formed and it was coming out of the Bronx. There was innovation that was happening in the in the Bronx that we don't talk about. I mean, these people have now gone on and they're on television and they're out in Hollywood and Jay-Z every once in a while will do a song about it, you know, his origins and so forth. But isn't it interesting that you and I both had this affinity to comic books? And I want to stay with this for a minute. The thing about growing up with comic books that I look at, and I'd love to share this with you, is I was so enthralled. I used to draw the characters. And I'm not just talking about any comic books. I'm talking about the superhero comic books. What is it about that level of, and I'm going to call it imagination, that level of imagination and connection, albeit with something that people don't think is real, what is it about that, though, that hangs on to us from children to adult to senior and beyond. What is it about that energy of comic books? I think that energy. I I think that energy to some degree. What what's coming to my mind is that the superhero comic book that it tells you you can be more, you can do more, have more, be more. Look at these heroes, and you can make yourself your own hero. You can do more with your own life. And for me, a very key thing is you have to believe that something's possible. Once you believe that something's possible, there's tons of help out there as to how to get it. Your show is an example of that. My book is an example of that. But if you don't believe you can get something done, no amount of coaching is going to do it for you. So the secret is, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right either way. So if you can turn your head around to believe that you can accomplish whatever that goal is that you want, you can do it. You can get there. And uh, your show, my book, other things will help people to realize just how they can make that happen. You can be Wonder Woman if that's your goal. I love that we're talking about this because it really is going to, it leads me to uh, a, a number of things. First of all, one of the things I really loved um, in your book, one, one of the, the sections, one of the chapters in your book is this, profit knows no sex. Profit knows no sex. The reason I wanted to talk with you about that is because I think that we sometimes have absorbed a belief that if we are of a particular gender, women, that you're moving into a place that's not going to allow you to make profits. Now, that doesn't say that I think we have gender equality because we don't. I mean, you don't need a math degree for that. Right. Right? I mean... And we don't have any an equal rights amendment, so you don't need a you don't need a philosophy degree for that, and uh, and nobody's actually talking about the fact that we don't have them. I mean, I'm struck by how many debates and how many conversations we're having in our political arena, and how about somebody asking a question about that? But here's the thing: I love, regardless of whether we have it or we don't. What your book points to for me, and I'd love to talk about this with you, is this is really a blueprint for how to get there, how to get to the place where profits is something that not only you understand, but you firmly believe you can do. Isn't that part of why you break this down in the book in certain ways? Of course it is. Yes, Pat, you're right on. But I think for my for my uh, chapter on Profit Knows No Sex, 
it, this was during a time when I was a woman publisher, and I keep getting asked, what's it like to be a woman publisher? And I would say, it's exciting to be a publisher. What difference does it make if I'm a woman? A person who does a job and does it well, why do you care if they're male or female? And I would have been asked that question so many times that I finally blurted out to one guy. I said, according to your standards, I'd be a great husband for somebody. But I'm a girl. I'm a girl and I'm doing this. Well, don't you guys realize it's not your sex that creates your abilities? It's what you do with your abilities, regardless of if you're a girl, a boy, or whatever. You just, profit doesn't know any sex. If you're successful, you're successful, period. Here's the thing I love about, you know, what what I, my takeaway is from this. One of the things you talk about, and I love that you do, is you talk about cultivating confidence. And it doesn't matter what you do or how you do it, right? It could be anything in life. This right here is, I think, the key to an energetic shift to not just loving life and loving what you do, but having a sense that as you say in the book, but having a sense that, yeah, you can do it. And uh, you can do it. And like I said before, the big, a big key is that you believe it's possible because then you can really fly. In my experience, I was told, no, that I wouldn't be able to do this or that. If that just made it more interesting for me. If somebody says no 10 times, Who's to say the 11th time they won't say yes? I mean, I was in sales, so you get this personal rejection constantly. <laughs> and, and the thing that's important to share with your listeners is how someone else thinks about you is none of your business. You do what feels right to you. You go after that account, that sale, that whatever it is you want. And there's many cute ways and ways that are personal to you to help make that happen. But my book has all these really, some of them are pretty zany, I think Pat would agree, stories where I just was so persistent that ultimately I wore people down who had absolutely no interest in what I was selling until, okay, 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 let me see it. And when you can show them how it benefits them. That's yeah. another big key. It's not how it benefits me. It's how it benefits the person you're trying to sell. If they can see the value in it for themselves, that helps to close the sale, too. Well, and I want to talk with you about that because we're going to be talking, you know, this is part of Yes, I Can, but it's also, you know, part of You Can Do It. You Can Do It. There's something, we had a conversation yesterday, and I find it interesting we're talking about sales for the moment, because we're into this mode of sales right now that some people think works. And here's what I'm saying, texting your way to a sale. And and yesterday I had a conversation and I said, you know what, I'm old school. You got to pick up the phone and you got to call somebody and you've got to say something about them that still inspires you. Because you will fall off their radar. But in your book, I guess this is a joeyism. In right. your book, don't take no for an answer. I love that. Tell us how that shapes up. Because if we took no as an answer as businesswomen, right, you and I, right, uh, I, right. I, own a net, I own a network. If I took no as an answer, I would have never started the network 10 years ago, and I wouldn't be expanding it to 10 channels this year because everybody on the planet wanted to have me committed. But this is especially important to you, isn't it? Yes, because it's at the heart, it's at the root of, of what we're talking about for personal success in an entrepreneurial way or a sales way. But I would like to add a thought I had about the texting, because I never did have to make a sale with texting. But I I will say this. It's very key that you speak the language of the person that you're trying to sell. And when I used to sell, like I, I, in my book, I worked my way into 
a liquor convention where I sold, my thing was selling advertising for my magazine. And I worked my way into Stanley Industries and all kinds of businesses simply by being persistent. But then they found that I was such a character and good at sales <laughs> that they actually asked me to address their sales staff. So that shows you how crazy this can become. <laughs> but in those days, texting didn't exist. That's so right. I'm thinking, I'm thinking now, if a person who I'm trying to sell uses texting as their main way of communicating, then I'm going to text them. I'm going to use emojis. I'm going to make myself as uh, delightful for them to continue to text with. And then I might say, hey, let's talk on the phone. Are you free at such and such a time? Let me know a right. good time to talk to you. And then maybe you can close it that way. But I think you have to meet people where they are. Exactly. And go from there. Exactly. That's why in today's day and age, right? Remember part of this, and this really ties directly into you can do it. Because if you, I want to ask you about that. I'm so glad we're talking about sales. Women don't usually talk about sales. You know, how many shows? I'm pushing 10,000 shows, right? Um, wow. Very few people have I had a conversation like this over that t period of time, especially when it comes to, to women. Now, your book is not just for women, but let's just say this. This is a, this is a message for everyone. I want to ask you this question. I don't know about you, but I'm old school sales, right? I come from the phone company. And rule number one for us is don't get off that first call or don't get off that email without getting a phone number. And if you are unsure about your footing in sales or anything that is accelerating your personal growth or your future, or your career, and you are afraid to either ask for a phone number, ask for a next call, right? Um, mm -hmm. Isn't that, for me, it's been a showstopper. Every time I've been afraid or every time I've doubted, right? And I was on a call with my team yesterday and one of the folks said, wow, I don't like to call because, you know, I called one time and what happened was it wasn't good and the woman yelled at me. If I had a dollar for every call I did where somebody yelled at me, you and I wouldn't be talking. We would be in Hawaii. Right. I And I get that. And what Pat just said is so key to my book, because one of the Joeyisms, which I can't remember the number or the page, but it's take your goals seriously. Yeah, I've read that. But don't take yourself seriously. It's like the fact that the person yelled at you, that's their problem. They're having a bad day. You can't let that bother you. So if they're yelling at you, just smile, just smile and figure, ah, I'll call her again on another day. And some of these people who yell and yell and yell, there's a story in my book about a guy who literally told me, don't come back. And he said to me, I wouldn't wrap a fish in that newspaper when I was selling newspaper advertising. Don't come back. Don't come back. And I would go there and stand by his door and throw the newspaper on the floor inside. That's not, you know, a typical sales call. And the guy'd get up, I'd race, and he'd go at me and he'd say, don't come back. So finally I thought, well, maybe I'll give it a break. So I didn't go for two weeks. And then the third week I was thinking about going, and I get a phone call from this guy. How crazy is that? And he says, where have you been? I said, I thought you didn't want me to come back. And he laughed and he said, well, I kind of missed you. <laughs> and it was, it was like I was a part of his Monday afternoon routine. I mean, <laughs> like he had fun throwing me out of his office. <laughs> so by the time I got back to talk to him, our energy had shifted to where I said to him, look, his name happened to have been Bob. I said, look, Bob. I know that you didn't originally think this was a good fit for you. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you a six-inch column ad. If it doesn't work for a couple of weeks, you won't have to pay for it. Now, not everybody can do that. It's like in newspaper advertising, magazine advertising, there's always space available that isn't sold. So it wasn't like I was such a hot shot with that. I just offered him something that we would have used for a public service ad or something. So he thought that, of course, was more than fair. 
And I said, you have to put something specific in the ad so you know if it's proving to be uh, a good source of advertising for you. So he did a special on some kind of a buffet where the price was ridiculous, and he got a lot of people. So he said, okay, it worked, and he wound up advertising in every single issue. He, he went 52 weeks a year. So that's an extreme example, but it shows you that you don't have to give up, especially if you don't take this rejection personally. The guy doesn't even know me. He's rejecting the idea of what I'm selling. Separate those two things so that you or your friend who didn't like to be yelled at realizes they're not yelling at her. They wouldn't know her if she walked in their office that minute. It's the idea that you know that you're okay, you're having fun with what you're doing, and you go for it. And personally, what that person does, yelling and screaming, they could be having a bad day, and it has nothing to do with you. What they think of you is none of your business. A woman named Terry Cole Whitaker wrote a book called What You Think of Me is None of My Business. And that applies here because you take your goals seriously, but for heaven's sake, don't take yourself seriously, or you'll be upset about stuff that isn't worth your energy to be upset about. It just doesn't matter that much. Yeah, I love this. And as a matter of fact, I just sent a text to Jessica uh, who is the, not only the head of our sales team, but more importantly, when I decide to end my primary role with the network, Jessica will become the person that runs it and owns this, right? I'll always be Dr. Pat in the Dr. Pat show, but there's a whole other arm of what we do that I actually don't talk about very much on air. People don't know about it. But in the end, this level of confidence and persistence you must have it to be a successful business. And when we come back, I want to talk with you about this because I could spend five hours just talking with you about one third of the stories and examples that you demonstrate in the book. But every one of them is pivotal for us. It is literally a map for us, anyone that wants to achieve success on the inside or on the outside of an organization. It is massively important, so well done, so interesting, that when we come back, I have got something so important to talk to Joey about. We don't talk about this enough. And do we need a whole coaching platform to talk about it? I think we do. Maybe we need Joey. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I'll tell you how to get a copy of her book and much more, because guess what this is about? You, you, you can do it. We'll be right back. Sanskrit is not just a language to be written and spoken, but it is a doorway to gaining understanding of how we experience life and truth. Conscious Confidence is a book written by Sanskrit scholar Sarah Main. The stories Sarah shares will take you on a journey of understanding how the power of this ancient language is not only still relevant, but can truly transform your everyday life. Drawing upon the deeper meanings behind the Sanskrit words for confidence, Sarah Main outlines principles for harnessing the fourfold energy of conscious confidence, focusing, uniting, simplifying, and energizing. Not just a book, a life guide. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Inner Traditions, you can find all of those links on ConsciousConfidence.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit burnbrighttoday.com. 
Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Darcy Pariso is your connection to spirit, energy, and healing. You can meet Darcy in person at upcoming events throughout Seattle. Do you have questions about your animal companions, yourself, or do you desire to communicate with loved ones on the other side? Darcy will connect you and get answers. Darcy can also work with energy healing to help you and your animal companions feel more balanced and recharged. Visit DarcyPariso.com events. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Stephan is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Oh, I'm telling you, Danny, are you like kicking that back like really old school right there? Oh, uh, just a little bit. Oh, my God. You make me feel like I'm back at Woodstock. <laughs> That's another story for another show. Uh, Penny Mathers, my producer. Just longest relationship I've ever had, folks. Just saying. Uh, joining me here today, Joey Goodkin. And boy, I'll tell you, we have got to get Joey back. I'm going to make sure Linda does that. Uh, and this is You Can Do It. It's timeless wisdom from a trailblazing businesswoman. This is high-spirited, inspirational memoir. Now, here's the thing I love about this. When you read this, you don't get that this is a memoir the way that you hear the word memoir used. This is a book for anybody, any of you out there that wants to go to whatever that next level is. For me, when I was 17, I wanted not to be homeless. When I lost my job after 25 years, I wanted to be relevant, didn't even know what that meant. But here you are today, and you're listening to somebody that's got such a powerful message, and it's presented in such a cool way. Joey, one, how do we tell people where they can get the book, and how do they find out about you? Let's get them to your website. Um, my website is joeygoodkin.com and I spell Joey J-O-I-E J-O-I-E goodkin.com and you can get the book there you can get the book on Amazon you can get the book on Barnes and Noble online you can get the book at Goodreads online but Amazon is uh, the prime place to get it or my website and um any bookstore can order it. You can go in any bookstore and ask them to order it. But it's available online really easily. I'm telling you, I love this. Look, I went and I looked on your website. And, it, and if you all go to the website, please go ahead and look at the Joeyisms. And what you're going to find when you go there is uh, not just like a really cool video here, but look at some of the things that Joey's talking about. Um Here's the thing that I love about this. I want to talk about a couple things here now, and I'll probably, Benny, skip the break. But first and foremost, Benny, let's give a copy of this book away to the first caller. How do we, let's give that, let's rock that. 1-800-930-2819. So here's the thing. I never told this story this way, but I'm going to keep it short. 16 years ago, I dialed a wrong phone number. I was depressed. I had finished school. I was supposed to, now with this doctorate, go out and be a big-time, high-paid consultant. I was being courted by people, big companies. I couldn't do it. I'd studied broken promises for 10 years. I couldn't do it. And one day, I was on my couch, and I just woke up, and I said, I am so crusted over I, since then, I created a brand called Crust Busting. I didn't even know what a brand was. But here's the story I want to I talk to you about. I dialed a wrong phone number 
I had a message from somebody, a man named Tracy, and I dialed the 800 number and I dialed into an internet network in 2003, which is bizarre anyway. And right. they, the, the people that answered said, uh, nope, we don't have a Tracy here, but we do have a Tacy. And I got Tacy on the phone and she did exactly what you say in chapter four. She did it beautifully because within 10 minutes, I had pulled out my credit card. I paid close to $10,000 for 13 weeks, one show like a week on internet only radio, $10,000. So wow. let's talk about uh, the benefit. Let's talk about the magic that exists when you talk about benefits. Well, the benefit, the benefit is really all anybody buys. If you yep. pitch something, if you pitch something and the person thinks it's wonderful, if they don't need it and they don't see how it could benefit them, you've just had a nice conversation, but you didn't make a sale. What you have to do is do your best to figure out what will benefit them. How will it benefit their business? How will it benefit their life? You have to give them a reason to want to say yes, because you can, you can express that you have something wonderful. But like I said, if it isn't wonderful to them, it's not going to mean anything. And then don't take that rejection personally. You just haven't sold them something that works for them. So if, you, if it is an, a situation where there is another approach to selling, to selling the same item, Show them how it benefits them. Like I was once wanted to be um, a speaker on a program, and they already had speakers, so they didn't need a speaker. So I said, "But you're going to have panel discussions too. I'll just be glad to sit on a panel, and we'll pitch my book. But they can go to such and such your bookstore or a local bookstore or something." To get the book, we don't have to promote my book as a speaker, but I found another way to get in there so that I'm still promoting my product, but they have to go somewhere else to get it, and that person was the owner of the somewhere else place to get it. So, I mean, you have to just sometimes push things around a little bit. When I was doing the liquor advertising, oh, my God, those people thought my magazine was so small. <laughs> <laughs> they thought your magazine's so small, they called it a tertiary market. I never even heard that word. They said, no, we can't advertise in your magazine. It's much too small for us. We're a big national brand. I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. So I told that man, I said, it may be, you in your mind, it's too small for you, but all anybody does there is talk. Oh, I know what I told him. I said, well, it's a very educated place, and we're very sophisticated. We have a lot of theater and a lot of libraries. And the guy goes, no, you don't. It's nothing like that. I was talking about a town in, in Fort Lauderdale at the time. Uh -huh. And he uh -huh. said, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing like that. I said, you're absolutely right. All anybody does is party. So when they see your liquor ad in this magazine, they're going to stare at it and go, how did this national big advertising uh, Scott, get in this little magazine. I said, they're going to stare at it. They're going to think about it. They're going to drink it. I said, but if you put this same ad in Time magazine, people are just going to turn the page. But they expect it to be there. Well, I talked the guy into it by giving him my FedEx number. I said, just mail me an ad. Just mail me an ad. I'll give you great placement on a cover. But I need it Wednesday. And I will tell you this. Here's another tip. Create a sense of urgency when you're making a sale. Thank you. It, that it benefits them to get it by the time you're saying. If you need it now, you have to say that. The, this, this benefit goes away for you if you don't respond by Tuesday or whatever it is. Well, sure enough, the man sent me an ad, and he said to me, you know, I admire your gut, which in those days was pretty unusual that a woman would just be... <laughs> Hitting him over the head. Oh my god! So he he mailed me the ad, and they stayed with us. They advertised for years, but at first I was too small. He didn't need it. Yada yada. 
I mean, you just sometimes have to do things that are memorable, that are not typical, and not walk out just because the guy says he's not interested. That's a non-experience. You have to create a unique experience for yourself and the buyer so that it becomes memorable. And in doing that, use what you have in your personality that's unique to you, that's a plus. Not everybody would be comfortable doing what I just said that I did. That's not everybody's way of being. But somebody else might have a different approach. They might be very quiet. They may talk about what the man's favorite music is and talk about something that you have in common or see a painting on the wall in his office that you know something about the artist or a picture of his child on his desk that you have a child of similar age. Find a connection and then build on that connection. Yeah, what you're talking about is so important and I am so thrilled we're doing this show because um, there are a couple of examples that are important in, in learning. But here's the thing. When I did this 16 years ago, there weren't any women listening to talk radio. Everyone, millions left. The Arbitron, the old Arbitron did a study and they came out and said tens of millions of women left radio. Of course they did. Um, and women were primary listeners of radio. Remember back in the day who was listening to radio? Not, not, not men working was the women right. that were home and they had that radio on, but they left. And out of the gate, I came, wrong phone number. I don't, I am not a journalist. I'm not a radio person, but I wanted to help people live life full out. I wanted to interview people that everybody said, you will never get Olivia Newton-John. You will never get Deepak Chopra. You'll never be in front of Jeff. I mean, honestly, every day, that is what I heard. But I never really believed it. And I didn't know better. I There's a level of ignorance that I look at in my life that got me into a doctoral program. But here's the thing I want to ask you that's so pivotal about your book. When we tap into that thing inside of ourselves that really we want to catapult ourselves forward. We've got to have the tools you're talking about because we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. I got to ask you this question because this is important. Almost everyone that I come across and ask them if they want to do a show with us Intuition is what got me there. What role does intuition and synchronicity play in the conversation of you can do it? It plays a huge role. Chapter three, the title is Trust Your Intuition. And your intuition, some people, if you don't know what it is, think if you've ever had an experience where you were going to do something or not do something, And something within you sort of thought, nah, I don't think I should do that. Or yes, I should do that. When you get that little inner voice, if you're attracted to something, give it, sort of give it intuition points that you're attracted to it or you're not attracted to it. When you meet a person, you'll either gravitate toward them, you'll feel something in their energy. You may not understand it. You may think it sounds crazy to say the word energy. But you'll meet somebody that you'll know you'll either like them or many times you'll have a feeling you don't want to get to know that person better. Well, the thing that's guiding you to know which person to move toward and which to move away from, that's all part of your intuition. And that happens if you let it develop. It gets stronger the more you use it. But if you deny it and you keep squashing it, it can't, it can't blossom within you. You have everything you need within you already. Think of yourself as a very colorful onion. You just peel one layer and another layer and another layer. Somehow you never get to the last layer. Intuition is part of that process. When, when you think about something that you enjoyed 10 years ago, that was some intuit, intuitive thing that made you look for that. 
when you look at something now that you thought 10 years ago you would never do, it's because something within you grew. Intuition is not everything about that, but it's a part of it. Intuition enables us to be attracted or to avoid situations, people, and opportunities that just simply don't feel right to us. And Mm -hmm. in my life, intuition has been absolutely incredible. There's a story in my book that I won't tell you on Dr. Pat's show because I don't want to spoil the reading of it. Yeah. But I looked, I looked for my aunt for 50 years, and the story of how I found her is totally, into, without intuition, it never would have happened. Because people would look at that story and go, that's impossible. Well, things that are impossible, look for the components that intuition plays. I got to tell you this. First of all, for those of you just tuning in, Joey Goodkin joining me here today. Go to the website, Joey, J-O-I-E, Goodkin, G-O-O-D-K-I-N. Go over there. You're going to be able to find the book. The book is You Can Do It. Um, I, I know, look, I was fascinated by so much in the book, but just in the win-win section of the book alone, I walked away with a list of, oh my gosh, these things are things we need to be thinking about now. For example, this is our 10th year with the network, Transformation Talk Radio, which is being renamed with our new technology. And this is a year that we're looking at, how do we give back? What do we do? But I've read this part of the book, The Win-Win, and I'm rethinking some of the things I had in mind. How do people Go about the win-win. Because I've been in rooms, and I know you've been in rooms, where we've said win-win. And under the table, under your breath comes, yeah, we win. I win, you don't. How do we talk about win-win to bring it home? The way I would answer that, Pat, is my book has a basic premise of being a decent person. There was a book written called Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Yeah. It's like the basic stuff of treating other people like you want to be treated, the basic things of keeping your word, being a good person. That's paramount to creating a win-win situation because it shows you're a person who wants not only you to win, you want the other person to win. The more you give, the more you get back. That's just the way the universe works. So in a, in a win-win situation, a sample a story in the book was I was in, at, in the printing business at this point in time. I owned a, a printing plant that I started myself, and I got myself approved as one of three vendors in all of South Florida to be able to do work for Motorola. And Motorola called on the Monday before the Wednesday that was everybody's closing for Thanksgiving. And they had a job that their other two vendors told them they were closing for Thanksgiving. And they were the right right vendors for this big job. They had the right equipment. So they called me out of desperation. And I didn't have the right equipment, but I told them, I'll call you back. Let me ask my guys. And I said to the, my employees, how would you like to make your whole Christmas bonus again in November just by working over the November holiday? And they said if they could make enough money, they would take turns and run, you know, the presses that we had, which were smaller than the big ones Motorola needed, that they would, that they would give it a try. So I called Motorola back and I said, we have three prices, regular, rush, and miracle. Miracle, you don't ask the price, and that's what this job is. I have no idea what it's going to cost you. My guys are willing to do this, but I want to pay them triple time. I want to give them holiday time. We have to make it really worth their effort that they're giving up their holiday to get your job out. So Motorola agreed. They didn't really have much choice. I was the only one willing to do it. We do the job. We get music. We bring in food. We get cots so they can rest. 
we make a total happening out of getting this job out. And we tell Motorola, we'll feed them the job. There's no way we could do all of it uh, to have it all Monday, but we'll deliver Monday, we'll deliver Tuesday, we'll deliver Wednesday. Well, the bottom line of this story is Motorola was so grateful. They gave us more work than we could ever handle. And we wound up jobbing out some of their work to some other printers because we couldn't possibly do it all. And all this came from my saying to my guys, what do you think? Is it worth it to you to try and make more money over this holiday? And they said, okay, we'll give it a try. Where everybody else was nowhere close. So you have to think out of the nine dots. Yeah. You, have yeah. to, you have to create a situation that nobody expects is going to be the answer. If it works for you and it works for them, there you have a huge win-win that went on. They were like a best client for a long, long time. I mean, it just showed that you could solve a problem. So if you look at a problem like, how can I make this work for me and for them, that's what creates the win-win. I love it. I know we've only got a few minutes left, and I want to make sure folks know uh, you can get the book on Amazon, of course, uh, and we're talking about You Can Do It. Uh, by my very special guest today, Joey Goodkin, and it's J-O-I-E. You can also find out more about Joey by going to Joey's site, uh, joeygoodkin.com. In the few minutes or a couple minutes we have left, I just have one last thing I'd like you to comment on um, in terms of uh, your personal message and, you know, your minute of wisdom. And that has to do with motivation, I have heard more terms at times than not. I'm just not motivated. And I know I've got two minutes left. What do you want to leave us with on that? When you're not motivated, one of my suggestions would be sit quietly, close your eyes, and think of a time when you were happy. Think of a time that you felt good. Then mm. think, what was, I, what was I doing? Where was I? What was happening? that that particular experience is coming back into my mind now. And that will give you a clue as to what it is you like to do. And when you figure out if it's something to do with art, if it's to do with numbers, or if it's to do with computers, whatever it is, whatever you were doing, were you in nature, where were you, were you in an office, wherever it was, try and build on the experience that you had that made you feel good, that made you feel happy. Try and replicate that. Do more of whatever that was or something related to what that was. Because all the joy in the world is out there for you, but you have to smile and go for it because you can do it. I love it. Joey, thank you so much for today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you will come back. Lots of information, lots of stories. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you, Pat, and thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome. And I want to thank Benny. Uh, Benny, we're going to take a short break. For those of you out there tuning in, we're not done yet. We're going to be right back this time, both on the dial and Facebook Live at Facebook.com Transformation Talk Radio. Please join us there. Everybody out there, lots in this book. And remember, you can do it. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.